Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Hey, real quick. This episode is brought to you by Progressive where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hello and welcome to the new Mindset Who Dis podcast. My name is Case Kenny at Case.Kenny on Instagram and this is my weekly podcast where I create short, no BS episodes dedicated to helping you become the person you're meant to be, leave your comfort zone and live a purposeful and fulfilling life. Let's go. Welcome to episode 567. Hello, my friend. Welcome to a fresh new episode of New Mindset Who Dis. As always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for supporting me. And today, how to take your power back. How to take your power back. And I know that sounds cheesy, like someone just shouting out a feel-good affirmation and you know, everyone being like, huh? Like that's nice. But Think about this. What causes overthinking or anxiousness or feeling less or feeling like you're not where you're supposed to be in life? Those feelings are symptoms of the larger feeling of feeling powerless. I think if there's one like emotion that I could cherry pick and eradicate in life, it would be feeling powerless, feeling like no matter what you do or say, it doesn't move you in the direction you want. Feeling like no matter how hard you work, it doesn't elevate you. Feeling that no matter how much you give, you don't receive in the same way. Feeling powerless. And I don't know about you, but that feeling is so draining. It makes you second guess yourself. It makes you second guess your worth, your ability to succeed, your ability to be happy. It gets in the way of uh, good relationships. So let's talk about a mindset that can help us counteract this. Let's take our power back. And here's what I've come up with. I've got a couple funny but relevant examples to illustrate. But first, the idea of taking your power back really is representative of the self-efficacy theory, which is a a theory from Albert Denura, which basically suggests that people's beliefs about their abilities to produce outcomes their beliefs determine their actions, their motivations, their resilience. If you don't believe you could do something, you're unlikely to even try. So it's very circular. Once you get into that cycle of not believing where the actions don't follow, it reinforces the beliefs and so on and so forth. No arguing there. But the idea here with the self-efficacy theory is that engaging in small, achievable tasks that boost your sense of self-efficacy That leads to increased confidence, a more positive self-view, and more actions. So it's like an avalanche, an avalanche of small actions helps you create a belief in yourself 
and that in turn inspires bigger actions. So the idea is to do small things. Do small things that prove your power to you such that that larger feeling of powerlessness gets slowly eroded away. In the, in the face of plenty of small, positive achievements, that large feeling of being powerless in life, it becomes less heavy, right? Because of those small, repeatable ways to take your power back. Our belief in our worth and ability to act in alignment with it, it comes from proof that small acts offer us. So more on that in a minute, but in my life, I'll give you an example here of how to take your power back. Small ways to take your power back uh, and then a mindset that can come from it. So example one, example one is that I live in Miami uh, with my girlfriend and we live on a, a really busy street, like four lanes, five lanes. And the gym that we go to, which we go to, you know, five, six days a week is on the other side of that street. So we spend quite a bit of time crossing this street. The problem is the pedestrian crosswalk at the stoplight is like the lowest priority for that street. You'll wait there for 10 minutes before you get the light to walk. And you can't walk otherwise because there's a ton of traffic. So you end up standing there as all the lights change and all the cars get to take their turn and whatever, but you, you don't get cleared to go forever. It takes forever. But there's a spot if you walk like a block south, not far, but like a block south where there's no stoplight, but there's a crosswalk for pedestrians with blinking lights that if you go there and you hit the button, the lights flash and it says yield to pedestrians. Again, there's no stoplight. It's just lights that say, hey, cars, you have to respect the pedestrians right of way. So if you go to this spot, you can literally stop dozens of cars, <laughs> dozens who are cruising on this five lane road. It's the busiest street of Miami. So doing this is, is kind of a power move because with just a tap of a button, you instantly stop all those cars. They, they generally do stop. They have to stop. You know, they stop so little OU can cross the street compared to waiting forever, waiting your turn, sitting at the bottom of the hierarchy and crossing at the stoplight, you can just go to this spot and you can stop everyone. Uh, it's quite the rush. It's quite the rush to, to watch all these cars stop. And my girlfriend and I joke that, you know, sometimes we're content with waiting at the stoplight. We're patient. We're having a good day. We aren't in a hurry. But we also have this joke that on days where we're feeling a bit drained or overwhelmed or stressed or anxious, we'll turn to each other and we say, should we go take our power back? That's what we say. Should we go take our power back? And when we want to take our power back, we go to the pedestrian crossing spot. We hit the button we make all the cars stop and we cross, right? So in effect, we're taking our power back. We're proving to ourselves how powerful we are. Obviously a very silly example, but emblematic of this idea of taking your power back. It's a small thing we can do where we prove that we are powerful a small push in the right direction that bolsters our self-efficacy. So that's one example. Another silly example, and I wouldn't necessarily advocate for this one. Um, frankly, it's kind of a jerk move, but I'll give it as just to illustrate the point. And it's that the other day, uh, my girlfriend and I were at the airport here in Miami. We just landed. We were waiting for an Uber to pick us up at the curb. And it was not a very busy day, so there weren't a whole lot of cars there, not a whole lot of people waiting to be picked up. And our Uber pulled up right on time, and it was clearly ours, same license plate, and we were the only people waiting there, so we were clearly for him. But instead of pulling up to us, he pulled like 20 feet before us and flashed his lights at us, and he made us walk to him. Like, he could have pulled up to us. It was the ride share zone. There was no better spot or anything like that. He just literally stopped short of us and made us walk to him. It was, and it was funny because we made eye contact and nodded, but he wouldn't move <laughs> to come to us. He made us carry our luggage to him. 
he made us go to him. So a power move for him, for sure. For him, a way to remind himself of his power. And that's a very silly example. But this is an episode on encouraging us to find ways, creative ways, healthy ways for sure, uh, ways that don't hurt other people, but small ways, creative ways to take our power back. That is small ways to prioritize action over rumination, call it. Action over rumination, action over thinking. Because when we stay stuck in ruminating and beating ourselves up for not feeling powerful, that worsens it, right? Talking about the self-efficacy theory, it's like a circle. And that when that, that when it's diluted and you feel less worthy, the actions don't follow. The, the self-efficacy theory says that small actions and small successes are a catalyst. They're not just achievements in and of themselves, but they're the building blocks for developing a stronger belief in your larger abilities. Your bigger abilities, small actions build self-efficacy. It's like the psychological equivalent of building your own legend, the legend of Case Kenny, one small thing at a time. Every time you tackle a task, it could be something big like leading a project at work or, you know, literally as routine as, you know, keeping your plants alive. You're not just, you know, checking a box, you're writing a script, a script that reminds you of your capability, a narrative that describes your worth your power. You're reminding yourself of your power. You're taking your power back. So that's the idea here. You know, recognize that successful experiences, successful experiences boost self-efficacy while failures lower it. So, you know, find small ways you can quote win today, small things from what you accomplish in the gym to keeping your plants alive to taking out the trash, something that you can control the outcome of. And so you can win. And there's also something to be said, um, I was reading about the self-efficacy theory, about vicarious experiences. According to Denura, you can observe others successfully completing a task on their own, and that can help boost your self-efficacy, especially if you see the other person as like similar to you. It creates a belief of like, well, if they can do it, so can I. So a great way also to do this is to get inspired first, get motivated, then go out and do it yourself. And think small. Like I say, dream big, of course, but think and act small. That is how you take your power back. Engage in small, manageable tasks that give you frequent experiences of success, right? Because those are a foundation for self-belief because those successes build upon each other and they boost your larger belief in yourself. And then from that, the most important part of this, this theory is mastery. Mastery. By mastering small tasks, you build competencies, that reinforce your belief in yourself, the larger beliefs. And this is crucial as mastery experiences are the most influential sources of self-efficacy. What can you master? Hey, real quick, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And you know, if you're like me, you're always wishing for more time in life, right? Like, I wish I had more time. I wish I had more time to do blank. I wish, I wish, I wish. And as much as practically having a couple more hours in a day would be cool, a bit more time to do what we love instead of jobs and responsibilities, it begs the question, what would we do with that time? Not just wishful, I want more time, but for what? What would I do with that time? What really matters to me? What brings me joy? What enhances my life instead of just filling time and space with? Well, to answer that question, I think therapy can help. Therapy can help you find what matters so you can do more of it. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with 
BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash New Mindset today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash New Mindset. Hey, real quick, this episode is sponsored by Hero Bread. And something I'm into lately, as simple as it sounds, is toast. A nice toasted piece of bread, so simple, maybe some butter, maybe some jam, but just toast. It's the best. But as someone who is making an effort to invest in my health and fitness and diet, the carb fear is real. And the result is I don't get to enjoy a nice piece of toast as often or as guilt-free as I'd like. So I'm definitely grateful for Hero Bread. Their bread options have zero to one grams of net carbs, zero grams sugar, and it's high in fiber. It's got the same soft, fluffy experience you love when enjoying a BLT or a burrito or a burger or toast. And they were kind enough to send me some loaves, and I can attest to it being the same experience I crave, but now guilt-free. They also sent me some tortillas, which are great. They have bread loaves, buns, biscuits, tortillas, anything to match your bread cravings. So don't give up on being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use code newmindset at checkout. That's newmindset at h-e-r-o dot c-o. So that's the idea here. You know, frankly, the, the big takeaway here is that there's transformative power in seemingly mundane tasks, small things crossing the street where you could take your power back, small power moves, right? These are power moves, right? Call it a power move. I did a quick search on Reddit for ways that people socially do little, you know, clever and, and quippy power moves. Here's a couple I wrote down. One was, quote, if someone is interrupting you while you speak, just maintain your sentence. Do not waver. They will stop and listen a second time around. What you teach them by dropping out is that their voice matters more than yours, but maintaining your voice tells them that you are equal. So nice little thought there about when someone tries to interrupt you. Here's another one. And this one was just cheeky. They said, quote, one of my friend's daughters has hearing aids. And if someone is bothering her and she doesn't want to deal with them, she pulls her hearing aids out and keeps doing whatever she's doing. The girl is eight. <laughs> Obviously, just a funny thing and maybe a bit rude, perhaps, but emblematic of the idea of removing yourself from situations that you don't belong in, learning to say no, whatever. And I was thinking about my own life, too. One of the things that I do to prove my power to myself, which is prove self-control to myself, to resist social pressure, is if I'm in an elevator with other people, I don't do the thing that everyone does. Not because I'm trying to be weird or controversial, but everyone in an elevator gets their phone out and mindlessly scrolls on it because standing, looking, staring forward is perceived to be awkward. So we cave to this social pressure and get on our phones. I don't do that. Small little way to prove my power to myself. So that's the idea here. Very simple episode. Take your power back. And embracing the self-efficacy theory isn't just about patting yourself on the back for like doing little things. It's about reclaiming the narrative reclaiming a narrative about you in a world that's trying to write it for you. I mean, think about it. Every time you conquer, complete, succeed with a small task, you're not just ticking off a to-do list. You're eroding that suffocating, heavy-feely feeling of powerlessness. So it is kind of a rebellious act to say, no, I am in control. And there's so many different ways, right? It could be blasting through your, your morning run or nailing a presentation or saying no when you need to, right? Each act is a small way for you to remind yourself of your power. So I say, think small. Small is where real transformation begins. It's not grandiose gestures. It's the, the, the grit, the grind of every day where you prove to yourself over and over and over again that you're stronger than you think and that you do have your power despite some of these past events. And 
emphasis on past events. I'll add a point here that, you know, the idea of past pain is likely where we learned to feel helpless. Something in our past made us feel this way, right? We're not just, we didn't just wake up and feel helpless, but your past, right? This is actually where we prove our power again. I've talked about this before, but it's the idea that where we learned we are helpless in our past is where we'll find our power again in the present where we learned, where we were taught, where we assumed we are helpless, that is where we'll find our power again. It's realizing that those instances where, you know, something happened, you tried and you failed, where you were loved and then rejected, right? Where you wanted something but received nothing. From those instances where you felt powerless and helpless, those circumstances in the present and in the future, finding ourselves in them again, that's where we find our power again. And the feelings that came from those instances in the past, you feel that everyone you ever meet disappoints you, or you're not lovable, or everyone overlooks you, or everyone rejects you, right? Those are very, very valid, and they came from experiences, and you're 100% valid in feeling them. The bad dates, the rejection, the the past disappointment, the draining job, a, a feeling of lack of achievement, or fluctuating weight, or whatever it is, valid emotions for sure. But to find our power again, We're not running from them. To feel powerful again, we have to be willing to put ourselves in those same very scenarios and contexts again. We have to be willing to step onto the ground and say, this time I'm approaching it from a place of power because where we learned we are helpless is where we'll find our power again. So I'd ask you, what can you control? What circumstances can you revisit? Specifically in the context of something or someone that made you feel helpless in the past, what can you control now? And what ways can you step back into that place, but this time from a place of power to prove to yourself that you are without a doubt powerful. So that's the episode, small ways that can prove your power again. They could be new, they could be in a fresh context, or they could be revisiting the hurtful context before, but this time from a place of power. But that's it. I'm right here. I hope this was helpful. If it was, it'd mean a lot to me if you'd share the podcast with a friend. And if this topic speaks to you, check out my book, That's Bold of You. It's available on Amazon. But that's it. As always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for supporting me. And until next episode, I'm out. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, 
you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.